Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banner Podcast, where birders talk birding. Today, my guest is Blair Burnson. You'll enjoy hearing from Blair. He's a well-known Washington birder, probably best known in the birding community for his state lists. He puts up a big list each year the last few years, but this year, he's changing pace. He's He's taking more travel. He's traveling to all 50 states in the country and is putting up a list in each state, uh, is visiting with birders there, and is telling stories. Uh, So I think you'll enjoy hearing from some of that. He also is an excellent photographer, has a really good blog, BlairBirding.com. You should check that out. And uh, I think you'll enjoy hearing from Blair today. I certainly did. One thing I noticed when I was listening as I talked with Blair today is that his stories of places he's been bring back many fond memories for me. I've been to a lot of the places he talks about, and a lot of the places he talks about I haven't been to, but would like to. Kind of rekindles an interest in getting around the ABA area, visiting places, and especially visiting people. Sometimes the people we meet birding are more memorable than the birds we see. And Blair focuses on that a lot in his talk today, so I think you'll enjoy that. I have one ask today. Please leave a review after you listen to the podcast, either on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Podbean, wherever you hear your podcast, leave a review. And if you could also leave suggestions of guests you'd like to hear from on the podcast. I'm always uh, interested in finding new or interesting people who want to be guests on the podcast. And if you have some good suggestions, please leave them. I'll try to see if I can uh, make that happen. Uh, So until then, uh, today, the Bird Banter Podcast, episode number 18 with Blair Burnson. Blair, welcome to the Bird Banner Podcast. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Ed's great to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for coming. I know you've been traveling all over the place. I've been following yeah. your blog, and you have been a busy beaver. It's it's all fun. That's you know you're, you're out in the field doing the same thing, and it's about people and places and birds. How could you go wrong? Yeah, it's good, and I, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I mean, how much more fun than to talk to good birders doing interesting stuff? So that's uh, that makes it a fun hobby here. Anyway, tell tell us your birding story, Blair. How did you get started? <laughs> uh, this is where I can get in trouble, so I have to, I have to be careful here. Um, I'm actually a an escaped and fully recovered former attorney. Haven't practiced okay. law in a long, long, long time. Oh really? But, uh, that, that, yeah. be a, that sounds like it could be another story. Well, that, that's that, okay. That, let's let's not go there. Let's let's leave okay. that alone. But but it's a good setup for the other question. Um, okay. So I was I was in law school down at Stanford uh, in the early early seventies. In fact, it was starting in nineteen seventy, and I didn't love law school. I must admit. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. Maybe some of the listeners have. But there's a wonderful wonderful area, a birding area. Uh, down in, in Palo Alto called Palo Alto Baylands Park. And I don't know why it was, but one day, and I think I was supposed to be in class, but I was actually down there and I went to this spot and there were all these people there. Now this is, remember, 1971, 72, whatever. Right. It was almost all guys, fairly young, but some older ones too. And they all had binoculars or cameras and spotting scope stuff that I had no familiarity with whatsoever. And I was going, well, what's going on? And I, this guy, I went up to him and I asked him that question and he was literally quivering. He was so excited. And he, <laughs> and he said, you see that little clump over there? And I said, yeah. He said, well, this is the highest tide we've had in years. 
And if things go really, really well, a little blackbird's going to climb up onto that clump of, of grass. And I said, <laughs> well, okay, okay. I've heard, I've, I've heard about this place. Never yeah, there. yeah. So about a, f- a few minutes later, literally, just as he said, this little blackbird climbs up onto this clump of grass. And Ed, it was like they had just won the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if the Super Bowl actually <laughs> existed back then. It may not. But looking backwards... I mean, they're doing high fives, they're screaming, they're shouting, and so forth. And of course, it was a black rail. Now, I didn't know what a black rail was. I didn't know what a rail was. But uh, this got my attention. And that actually was the spark bird. I've never heard or seen another one. But if you want to go on a conscious first bird on my life list, it's a black rail. How's that? That works. That works. I think. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, long-legged waders are mine. My first day was in the Everglades. But there go, you go. Well, on. That's cool. That's that. You know, it, it and it it is cool. And and you know, spark birds, as you know, can be anything. Um, but it, when that sparks there, if there's a resonance, off you go. And when I came up to Seattle, uh, which I did after law school and and practice here for a little while. I met some guys through Seattle Audubon, I think it was, and we just became friends, and uh, we birded together, and Terry Wall was doing pelagic trips. It was, I think, before Bruce was on the yeah. scene and before right. Phil was, and you know, did some of them, and I traveled with these guys. We went, In fact, we went to the Everglades, uh, as you mentioned. We went to Arizona. We went to Texas, and I kind of got the bug and, you know, it wasn't about yeah. listing back then. There wasn't a, you know, it wasn't the digital world. It was a whole different world, but it was people to people and somehow it worked. You learned about things, you found out about things and you just went out and did it. And as I said, it kind of beat going to law school. It kind of beat practicing law too. So, but again, let's, yeah. let's leave that alone. So that's, yeah, that's I the start. You. That's the start. And, I did a fair amount of birding for, oh, you know, 10 years or more. And then when my daughter was born, um, slowed down a lot and really didn't get back into it, except for a few international trips, um, until about uh, 2011. So that's kind yeah. of the course. Very cool. Very cool. You know, families do do that. I, I have a family too. And I, uh, I, I dove into birding hard at first and then kind of, it perked along, you know, perked along over the years. But uh, since the retirement, I've been out a lot too. So exactly. Good for you. Exactly. Good for you. Yeah, I see. Obviously, you're not working much now if you're working at all because uh, no. it seems like you're in the field every day. Well, I'm not I'm, I'm not in the field every day. Um, lately, I have been with the traveling, as you know, and we can talk about that later. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where – you know, it's constantly available. And that's one of the things that's so nice about birding. I did retire uh, almost completely five years ago and then completely uh, four years ago. And that gives you time to, to do a lot of things. Uh, but as I said, you know, I mean, birding's available to everybody. You can do it for five minutes a day. You can watch a feeder. You can travel to remote corners of the world. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. 
It is nice. It is. I, I, my joke is that I used to hate going to the beach uh, because I just thought, you know, laying in the sand in the hot sun, it, it just wasn't much more, more boring a thing you could do. But now I bring my binos or a scouting scope and I don't mind going to the beach. It's pretty nice. Exactly. And, and behind the beach, there's a swamp. And whoever thought about going to swamps? But, you know, swamps are pretty cool. So, yeah. Or, 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 a, or even a sewer treatment. Let's not. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, it's a, a little tangential thing. I've always thought it would be a great, great book for someone to write with illustrations. And the book would be Birds of the STPs. And the perfect illustrator, although he doesn't do it anymore, would be Gary Larson. I just think that'd be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? My, my, my STP story is that uh, uh, my family went to visit my mom and dad who were retired in Florida. And my brother's family met us. And uh, we didn't have kids at the time, but he had two Maybe we did have kids, but he had two daughters. They were in like third and fourth grade, and we took them out to to uh, we t- you know we took them out for the day to give my brother and sister in law a day off, and we went birding. And we, one of the places we went to was looking for a woodstock at a sewer treatment plant. And we got there, and it was kind of you know had the fence around it, but like the old Ocean Shores one, the sand yep. drifted up high, so you could kind of the fence was about six inches tall. You know, right, right. So we just stepped stepped over the fence and walked in. And when they got back to school, they wrote the story about how their uncle helped <laughs> them break into a sewer treatment plant to see a bird. <laughs> you know, Ed, that one of the, the the main things that I believe in. Uh, again, we can talk about this too. Is you know, life ought to be about getting stories. If you don't have stories to tell from your life, what's the point? Now the problem is you got to survive it and not end up in jail. So that's another thing altogether. Yeah. But you know, stories yeah. like that, you remember them. Yeah, that that was a good story. Anyway, Blair, tell us about this fifty 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 uh, thing you're doing and and how you came to think of it and and some stories about that. Talking about stories. yeah, it's uh, and and it is. Oh my gosh, the stories have just been been phenomenal. Um, you know, Ed, I'd had this idea in the back of my head for a while to just do a massive road trip when I had retired. It wasn't necessarily focused on birds, although, you know, given given my predilections, uh, there'd be some of that. But it was just, you know, get in the car. I had moved to a condominium. You could close the door and go away. So I thought, why not do a big road trip? Maybe go all over the entire country. There are a lot of places that, you know, I'd heard of, but never been to. Maybe go do that. Um, I was in a relationship last year that uh, when it uh, was on, sort of meant, I can't really do that. But it, it, it ended, and um, I said, I, I need to just get away. And, and frankly, just if you want to go back to the birding thing in law school, birding can sometimes be a distraction or a way to put other things behind, for better or for worse. So I just started thinking about, well, maybe I'll do a birding road trip. And uh, in 2016, I had met a number of the uh, big year birders. I mean, that was a very, very big year for big year birding. And oh, it was awesome. yeah, and I, you know, I'd met a bunch of the people, and I mean, they're all crazy. They are they are nuts. They're also phenomenal birders, far, far, far better than than I am. But, um, you know, I didn't, I couldn't see myself doing that. I'm I, Frankly, I'm not a good enough birder. Um, and I didn't have that much time. I had enough drive, uh, but I didn't have enough time really to do that. And I didn't want to commit to doing it. So I started thinking, well, you know, well, what else do you want to do? And I was reading books about people's projects and so forth. I had met a guy, a fellow named Mike Resch, 
Mike lives in, uh, or currently lives in, uh, excuse me, uh, northern Massachusetts. And interesting story, he had contacted me, uh, he was coming out to Washington, and the reason was he needed to get some more birds in Washington. Well, the reason is his project, and it's been over his birding life, he wants to see 50% of the birds seen in every state. I read that in one yeah. of your blog posts, and I said, "This guy, this guy needs a life." Well, oh my you know, that he, is that is over. It the is top. over the top. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's a phenomenal birder, really, really good birder. But he contacted me because he'd seen me some posts or whatever that I had written about Nia Bay, and we talked. And he right. came out, and son of a gun, he gets the first Washington record of a prothonotary warbler at Nia Bay. Well, I figured this is a guy to know. And plus that idea of the 50% stuck in my head in every state. And it just morphed. And it morphed into this thing of, well, here's something I could do. I could go out and try and see 50 species in a single day in each of the 50 states. So 50, 50, 50, 50 species, 50 days, 50 states. And very you know, cool. I started thinking about, well, how do you want to do it? And I wasn't going to do it in one year. I, it, it's, you know, if <laughs> I think maybe you and I have even talked about this. You know, if there was four Mays in every year, birding would be easy, but there aren't. You know, there's only one May in each year. And with the geographical split and so forth, I mean, you don't want to be birding for 50 species in uh, Minnesota in December. You might want to go to see owls and so forth, but not for 50 species. So I just started yeah. to put it together. And there were two other pieces to it. One, I decided it had to be with a local connection, a way to get into each local community, particularly the birding community, but not even necessarily that. Just to, you know, th- this country we live in. It's going through some rough times, and there's a lot of diversity of thoughts about everything. Well, get out there and talk to people. You know, get some new perspectives. Use birding as the catalyst to do that, but do that. So it was connecting with someone. And then the other part was use it as a way to, you know, number one, get off my ass and go do something, but also to intersect, or, or excuse me, to see places that I had never seen before, but that were on my kind of my bucket list. And so mm-hmm. this has been a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, I, as I said, I don't really consider myself all that great a birder. I'm okay. Uh, I don't have great eyesight. I don't have, my ears are okay, but boy, the processor is terrible. What the hell was that song? <laughs> I know I just heard it two seconds yeah. ago and you told me what it is, but I, you know, I can't figure it out. So um, it was putting together the logistics and, and doing that it was just a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah. having to do it with someone though, made it a, b- both better in lots of ways and harder in some others. Watch out. Cause you got, uh, I just, how did you come up? You gotta, you gotta find the well, connections. You know, again, you and I, what are we doing right now? We're talking, this is craziness. We're talking, you're in Tacoma or wherever I'm up here in Edmonds and we're on computers and cell phones and you know all this stuff that goes on. There's eBird and there's listservs and there's Audubon societies and there's ornithological. So there's an enormous birding community and we're all connected in a lot of ways, including mouth to mouth, but we're connected online. And so you just, yeah. you, it's, it's not unlike planning a trip to find birds. Now though, it was planning a trip to find people 
so that you could find. So you go through Audubon societies, you go through, you know, the Twitter and uh, corresponding things in other states. You go on eBird. First list yeah, and sure. you find people. And yeah, the thing is, people are wonderful. We have a, this birding community is just incredible. People of it, it is incredibly welcome. It, it is. It? It's and, rich. It is rare well, that you find a real jerk out there. there I mean, it just there, there are a couple, but not many. And you walk past them and you yeah. keep going. And um, you know, the other the other thing too is, and, and it's the point I, I really try to make about this fifty fifty project is, it's about diversity. Well, birds are diverse. I'm like, God, look at the diversity of birds. I mean, you go from, you know, eagles to stints to you know, you name it, everything in between, small variations, sure. big variations. But the same thing's kind of true with people. And th- this is the point that's really important to me. Um, when a bird is out there, it doesn't know who's looking at it. It doesn't know your sex, your orientation, your race, your religion, your color, your size, your age, any of that. doesn't matter at all. Well, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be sure. great if birders, and let's go further, people we're that way seeing each other as well. And in the birding community, it's not quite that diverse everywhere. I mean, let's face it, it's still pretty much a white man and white woman's game in many areas, but not so much. Uh, a lot of the places yeah, I a lot I of the agree. places I go, there's people of every background, every age, you know, and it's wonderful. And you talk to them and you start with birds because you have that in common, and then you find out there's other things you have in common too. Well, that became the driving force of this 50-50 project, and it's really it's really played out that way. So it's it's been a lot of fun. It's just been a lot of fun. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Uh, what's uh, what's coming up? I know you, you have 38 states. Uh, you got 12 to go. <laughs> so I actually I'm going to leave on uh, Wednesday, and. Uh, I'm going to do some birding in Washington because I, I missed a lot of birding and I wasn't here in May, you know, in Washington, except for one day. Yeah. So I'm going to get some of those things, but that's, it's, it's not so important this year. I mean, I've done a lot of, as you know, some big years in Washington or they've added up to big years, but I, I have goals. And my goal this year was I want to at least see 300 species in Washington this year. It's a lot less than I've generally done, but it doesn't matter to me anymore, but I do want to do that. Well, I'm going to Idaho to bird, and so I've got mm-hmm. a couple days. I'm gonna go to some you know places that we know really well and pick up some birds. Yeah, you got to go through Washington. You got to go there. there. So I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so then from Idaho, uh, I'm, I'm meeting a friend, Keith Carlson, who lives in Lewiston, but I've birded with him in a Soton County before. So I'm gonna meet with Keith, mm-hmm. and we're gonna bird in Idaho, and then I'm gonna drive down. This is all going to be in my car, no no flights. I'm going to drive mm-hmm. down and hope for the Cassia or Cassia or however it's pronounced, crossbill. And yeah. then... Yeah, it's, we, can, we can talk about that. Okay. Well, um, you know, it, it's a lot easier after you've seen it than it is <laughs> until you've seen it. But uh, yeah, it, it should I, I be. Know, it yeah. should be. Well, actually, let me ask you, where, where did you, which place did you go? There's kind of two specific spots. We, we went to... We went to the. Uh, I is look at my outside. There's Cottonwood Campground. Okay, well, the, uh, right? the two that Cottonwood. I know of, and maybe there's there's Diamond Field Jack, and and there's Porcupine uh-huh. Springs or something like that, and then I think there's a Cotton Por- something too. I don't. I'm not as familiar with yeah. that one. You know, they Blair, they are all so close okay. together that it, 
you, you do them all okay. in two hours. Good, I mean, good. There, you, I think you you drive down a road, and we went the Diamond Jack one was RVs. If you can go during the week, do it because we were there on a weekend, and it is it is four wheel RV motorcycle. See, that's heaven. worse. That's worse uh, than a sewage treatment plant, isn't it? That, that is much worse. It doesn't smell quite as bad, but uh, the noise is yeah. oppressive. Uh, so the Diamond Jack was just out. We were going to go there, and there were. 400 oh my gosh there it was just uh, so we went on to the next one but it's like three or four okay. miles down the well that's road. yeah and uh, i i want i want to say the campground i think it was cottonwood springs a cottonwood campground or something like that they were okay all over the place. good so well I'm, I'm looking forward to that so then after that then i'm going to head into uh utah and i'm actually for the most part on this this venture i haven't engaged professional people but uh, i've got this darn nemesis bird it's called a flammulated owl i've heard dozens of them i've seen i seen twice but i can't get a picture so i'm actually going out with a guy there named tim avery who's a a top birder in utah and we're going to bird together during the day and then he's going to join him for an owling thing at night and he hasn't guaranteed a picture but uh it's supposedly a pretty pretty reliable spot to get a photo so after that then uh, I think, as you know, I'm, I've, I've got a new girlfriend, and Cindy's gonna, she's gonna yes. uh, fly into. Salt. She's she's in Portugal right now, and she actually she actually oh. sent me some information about a couple of birds she noticed. So it, yeah, it's it's working a little bit. Anyway, yeah. yeah anyway, good. she she's gonna fly to Salt Lake, and uh, then we're gonna drive up, and we're gonna spend some time in the Tetons, and then visit some friends of hers in Montana. So I'll pick up Wyoming. I'll pick up uh, Utah, I'll pick up Idaho, and I'll pick up uh, Montana. So Montana. that'll get to 42. And then it gets to be, eh, boy. One season, Well, I've, what, the problem is it's I've got everything then on both sides of the country, but the middle swath is uncovered. So I have, let's see, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, um, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and I, I maybe I left out one, but those are the eight states. Yeah, and I'm not. Qu- I would think some of some of those could. Well, be they could. The fall, they fall could be, and that that's the thing is whether or not to try and get them all done now. I would love to go. I almost just, I almost went to North Dakota uh, for a three day trip starting yesterday, but I just couldn't put it together and the airfares are ridiculous guys you can fly round trip to boston cheaper than you can fly one way to north dakota so uh, yeah anyway so that's that's what's up ahead and then um you know i continue to write them up i meet new people have new experiences have a lot of fun and uh hopefully there's a book that comes out of it and the book the books it's not necessarily about birding per se uh, ed it's it's about passion and that, that's really the yeah. thing is we, everyone, there ought to be, some, well, hopefully there's someone, but in addition to that, something that you're passionate about and that it, it, it gets you places and meets people and you see things and you do things and you learn things and you share things. So that's really what it's about. And it's taking some of the experiences from this, but I don't care if it's knitting or quilting or you know stamp collecting or whatever it is, cooking, wine. Just yeah. use that passion and get out and and go, and go, and and, and have, and fun, have fun, fun for sure. So, 
You, I'm sure you've met some people with a lot of passion on this trip. Tell me a couple of stories about your state so far. What are your best stories well, so far? If you, oh, if you can share well, them. you know, we can, we, how, how long do we have? We, it, it would take too long. But yeah. let, me tell you, let me tell you a couple of them that are, are just – well, they're all special. But let me, let me tell you one that is particularly special in, in, a, in a variety of ways. Um, I'd never been to Kentucky at all. So I planned that in a sort of Midwest swing um, that included Kentucky, Indiana. I actually went to Tennessee as well, though it wasn't originally planned, uh, Illinois and Missouri. So I got five states in, I think it was eight days or something like that. But Kentucky was really interesting because it was the best of all of the parts of this that I'm trying to do. Um, usually what happens is I try to get into the state the night before, or excuse me, the day before, the afternoon before, and I go do a little test birding just to sort of get used to it and sure. maybe see the place. So I got into Kentucky and I went to this one spot and I was trying to find a winter, uh, was it a winter rent? I think it was. Um, it is a winter yeah, rent, yes. and um, I'm, I'm just going along and I had some good birding and it looked like a good spot. And I bump into this guy. We start talking. Well, my goal, my plan had been the next morning, I was going to meet a, a woman that I had met online, a really interesting person who uh, owns a, a, a really cool, you know, pri not private, what's the right word? A non-Amazon bookstore. You know, it was a public, pri privately, yeah, right, small yeah. bookstore. And she's had this for years and years and years. And, uh, so we were going to go birding. There was a bird walk and that's what I often do is, you know, join up with a bird walk. So I was going to go on that. Well, it turns right. out this guy was going to be on the walk too. And he was an excellent birder. And in fact, he runs the Christmas bird count for Kentucky. So we had a great visit. Cool. And then the next morning we meet and one of the places we met or one of the places we birded was a huge cemetery in Louisville. Now, Cemeteries oh. are great birding spots, many of them, and particularly, particularly be, older yes. ones because they have, you know, developed trees and so forth. So we had good birds, good people, lots of fun. But here's the part of it that made the most impact on me. One of the spots we literally birded on the left or right, doesn't matter, depending which way you face, obviously, um, there's a grave of Colonel Harlan Sanders. Well, okay, oh well, yeah, that's a Kentucky story, you know. The grave yeah. immediately across from that was of one of my childhood heroes, Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali. So here I am, oh birding goodness. in Kentucky, doing this 50-state thing. It's a gorgeous day, and I'm standing at the gravesite of Muhammad Ali. Well, you know, Ed... There's some stories there, right? And and that's what it's about. And I'd also gone, to, for what it's worth, I'd also gone to the Jim Beam Distillery uh, later, and you know, tested some pretty nice whiskeys. And so, but there's there's these yeah. opportunities for all of this. So you know, so that's that's one of the stories that uh, you know certainly comes out of it. But uh, people ask me, you know, you, if you, and I mentioned this, I'm not trying to do this all in one year. I've done a couple of these states earlier. Uh, I, I could do them again, but uh, I, I like what was there, so I'm just going to count them. But here, here's three quickies and then one that's a little bit longer. The quickies are one, one yeah. of the states or one of the trips was in Texas, 
Victor Emanuel, the man himself, was was there. Oh wow! And uh, one of the birds I really, really wanted to see was a whooping crane. All right, so that's included. Mm-hmm. All right, fast forward. Now I'm in California. One of the birds I really, really wanted to see was a California condor. Okay, mm-hmm. fast forward. Just recently, I was in Taos, Michigan, which is a really cool birding festival, a little one. And one of the birds I really wanted to mm-hmm. see was a Kirkland's warbler. So on three sure. occasions, here's three of the, you know, the real major uh, iconic uh, conservation success stories. And so that's part of the birding right. world. But the story that I go way back for, I mean, way back, and this is the beginning of my birding days. I'm, I'm from Maryland, but I never birded when I was there. And I was back visiting my family. It was probably 1974, something like that. And I went to a place called Pocomoke Swamp. And there was a, uh, yeah, great name. And uh, one of the, the, there was a uh, um, series of meetings there, uh, convention, I guess it was, of the Maryland, at that time it was called the Maryland Ornithological Union. And one of the field Mm -hmm. trips was led by a guy named Chan Robbins. And I don't know if you know the name, uh, S. Chandler Robbins, I think is the whole name. And Chan Robbins was with the Patuxent Rare Research Bird Observatory, something like that, Bird Research Observatory. And, and he's really one of the great, great names in American recent ornith- ornithology. And he was one of the people that was on the, uh, he, he created my first, you know, the golden guide to birding, golden guide to birds. Yeah, wow. so you know that it was what I had to start. So Chan was there. I, I had a chance. Yeah, same here. I had a chance to go out with him, and it was unbelievable. I mean, it was the peak of migration, and we're literally we're walking down this uh, you know swampy, uh, forested area, and it's like he's pointing over his left shoulder, his right shoulder, to the right, to the left, up, down, over. There's birds everywhere, <laughs> and, he's, and I can't. You know, it's just. Yeah. He's doing it all by ear, of course. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, and it was just staggering. And so I'm including that. I've, I've birded again in Maryland and I could, I could pick another 50, 50 species day, but that's one that I want to include just because of the, you know, the historical meaning of it. So, you know, that's, so there's another kind of story and there's lots of them. I mean, there are so many stories and there, you know, stories like, I mean, in Hawaii, panicking because we're trying i mean trying to get 50 species in a day in hawaii is tough we're on we're on the big island i'm out with a guy named lance tonino who's a wonderful wonderful guide and towards the end of the day we've missed three birds that were for sure we'll see them we didn't but we came through and ended up with 51 and it was one of those things where you know thank god for house sparrows types of things because you, you yeah right yeah, Java you, yeah. There, you, you need every one of them but so there's again there's there's and you've read some of the blogs there's there's just dozens of stories yeah, yeah. they're fun yeah if if anyone wants to read some of the stories blairbirding.com yep blairbirding.com and you can wade through them I, I think you know I, I i love to write i really do and and it's it's fun i'm sure you have this in the field you know we'll be out sometimes in the field and you don't realize that three hours have gone by and you, you, you haven't even thought about it because you're swept away in the right. flow of what's going on. Well, for me, it's, it's the same when sure. I write. I'll sit down at the computer 
and it, it takes two or three hours to do one of those blog posts. You know, there's a lot of photos. Oh, they're quite, yeah, I have, I have some WordPress sites and it's, I, I, I looked at your site before I came out. It's a WordPress site, yeah. it looks like, and, uh, it, it's not, I mean, it's, it's a skill you can learn, but it's there. It just takes some work to put them all together, especially to look. Well, at nice I appreciate that. When really you, I've got, nice you take, yeah. I, I tell people I'm not a photographer. I'm a picture taker. If you take enough pictures, some of them turn into photographs and then you can use those in the blogs. But you know, I've, I've now done about 200 blog posts, not about this, the trip. I mean, although I've done 30 some right. and you know, there's more than 2000 pages and there's gosh, there's probably 2000 photos included. And I go back and I reread them all the time. I also make corrections, typos, and things like that. But, um, but you know, there's there, as I said, there's there's hope. I've had some preliminary discussions about a book, and I need to be further along. But I, I hope to do it, and and you know, just share some of the experiences. But you know, just encourage people. Just encourage people. And 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 I think that's one more point. You asked me about stories. This isn't one from this trip. But do you, do you have time for another story? Quick story. Oh. I have all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, so he, this is one of my favorite, favorite birding moments. I mean, it really is. Um, I'm down at the Montlake Phil. This was probably, oh, five years ago or so. Maybe even longer than that. Maybe it's longer. Mm-hmm. And I'm at one of the ponds there, and I had walked down to the edge of the pond, and I had my boots on and so forth, and I had just seen a Virginia rail. And not uncommon mm-hmm. there, but you know they're they're not easy to see necessarily. Um, but I'm 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 down sure. below. There's a path that goes right by the pond, and I'm down kind of below that. Well, this older, and I have to be careful now about older because I'm older. Um, mm-hmm. And I tell people, by the way, you know I I'm I want to continue to get older because if not, that means I'm dead. But I'm trying not to get. But I'm, I'm trying not to get old. So that's, that's the goal. So, but these, so there's these two, yes. it's an older couple and they're walking by and they're probably in their eighties and I can hear them talking and they have uh, a little bit of a Eastern European or Germanic accent. Um, and they're just, they're arm in arm, which is so cool. I mean, it's just so cool to see them. And the woman, she For says, sure. you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try and imitate the accent, but she asked me what I was doing. And so how do you explain this? Well, I said, all right. So I climbed back up and I, I talked to her and I said, this is what I'm doing. And I explained this little bird and I showed her a picture of it and so forth. And she, it was mm-hmm. almost like that black rail experience Ed. she was turned yeah. on by this. And I said, would you like to try to see it? And she says, sure. She takes my hand. I walk her down into the mud into the mud yeah and she sees this virginia rail now yes i use playback cool. to get it up and of course the whole pig grunt thing's pretty amazing Still. anyway and it, it she is, was yeah. like a little girl it was like going back to her youth and being excited about you know who knows what for the first time well that's pretty magical that is pretty magical that so is. That's one of my really favorite stories. Here, <laughs> this isn't fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. So here's another one. Here's another. You know, you've had the great fortune of being involved in that wonderful group that you have down in Tacoma with, you know, with Ken Brown and with Bruce and you know all the other guys, the ABC yeah. group, yeah. which which is just For amazing. Sure. I mean, what what a wonderful wonderful group of people. It, yeah, it is. That's so a great story. you know, yeah. I, I did you take Ken's master birding? Is that how you started that in, in that? 
wait, wait. Let me break in sure. with a story of my own. Uh, that that uh, is that story is great. Ken Ken taught the master birding, well, not master bird, the advanced, advanced birding, yeah. birding class, and the, before that, the okay. intermediate <laughs> birding class. Uh, uh, he he morphed. He said, "Okay, I'm done with this intermediate stuff. We're going to be in advanced <laughs> birding class." Uh, so so anyway, uh, he did that for almost forty. Oh my years, god, forty years, uh, and and it it became. A club. Right. It wasn't a class. The same people took it every <laughs> single time. Uh, uh, I mean, it, what, sign up would open at eight o'clock in the morning, let's say on a Wednesday, and by eight o five it was full. Every, every, right. every single time, people all the same and the same sixteen people. So Ken said he made rules. Okay, for the first week, the same people can't sign up, and so two or three people sign up, and then thirteen <laughs> of them would sign up. You know, and and and, and, and finally, uh, Ken and I and and a couple of people says, "Okay, this is ridiculous." We've got a birding club. We don't have a birding class. Yep. Let's make a yep. birding club. So we made it. So we made ABC birding. We call it ABC for advanced birding class. Right. It was right. ABC birding. It was originally going to be just the graduates of this class. Not that anyone really graduated because <laughs> they're still taking it over and over. But but it turned into just anyone who wanted to come local thing. It, it, we oh. had a lot of fun. But well, you know, I've been privileged story. to intersect uh, with you guys, and it's just it, it is it's it's marvelous. But we're, we're the story I was going to tell was of a of a somewhat different one, but somewhat similar. You know, Dennis Paulson has been doing a master birder class uh, for Seattle Audubon for right. It hasn't been forty years, but it's it's been quite a while now. And I had uh, good fortune. I, mean, I had I had known Dennis from before, um, but I had a chance to meet with him, or excuse me, take the class with him. I think it was 2011, 2012. Well, at that time, I was, as I said, just getting back into it. I had just discovered eBird, and I was listing. It was I liked doing it, and um, you know, I, 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 some of it is, Ed, and this is true with the fifty fifty thing too. I think I. I really look at everything I've done in my life as being project management, whether I was practicing law or doing real estate mm -hmm. or whatever. Give me a project. Let me organize it, execute it, do it, and then move on to another. And well, listing was kind of a way to do that by saying, okay, here's my goals. How do I manage this project? And so on. Well, Dennis, of course, is a purist. Sort of, sort of. Mm -hmm. Stay, stay tuned. Yeah, stay. Yeah. He's got a he's got yeah, well, a pretty stay, big. Stay, list stay, for stay purist, tuned but, for a yeah. second. You'll like this one. So you know, he would always give me a raft of you know what for always you know doing the listing. So sure. okay, fast forward. Um, you, I, I don't know if you saw them or not, but you remember back? I think it was it was either 2011 or 2012. There were two amazing birds that were down at. Uh, Westport at the same time. There was a um, uh, a king eider. I think it was a queen eider. But there were, mm -hmm. I, queen eider. Queen eider, yes. I, I, and then what? And the other was a northern weed here. And they were literally within, you know, 200 yards of each other. One was over here, one was over there. So I was down there one day chasing right. both birds. And I happened to have gone to the sure. northern weed here first. And then I mm -hmm. saw it, got a photo, and then started making the, it was a life bird, started making the trek over to see mm -hmm. the king eider. Well, who's coming the other direction from the king eider going to the weed ear? It's, it's Dennis Paulson. Yeah. So Dennis Paulson. our eyes meet and all Dennis could do is shrug his shoulders like, yeah, you caught me, but hey, it's a king eider in a northern weed ear. Come on. And that's, you know, so there's really? another little story 
But those are the fun moments. I mean, the, I actually remember yeah. that more than seeing the eider or the weed ear itself. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's about people. Yeah, I, it's I hear about you, people. I hear it's about people. Yeah. So, you know, there's just there's just lots of it stories is. out there, and um, you know, and there's lots of great contributors uh, to the birding community all all over the country, all over the world, and I, I've met some of them now, and I can contact them and. They plug, they're all, it's all networked. You know how it works. And so they'll, they'll get you in touch with so-and-so who gets you in touch with so-and-so. And, And, you know, I was on a pelagic trip last year out of San Diego and God, there were eight big year birders there on that trip. Well, if you want to see X, Y, and Z, you gotta be on that trip. If you want to see, as -hmm. as you know, if you want to, you know, really do it, you go to McGee Marsh. I had never been there. Well, 50, 50, 50, there I am, McGee Marsh. So. You know, yeah, that, yeah. So, so on my to-do list, I've been to Point Pelee wow. three times, but I haven't been wow. to the other shore. So, well, to, you, the, the decision you have to make is whether to be there for the, you know, the great, the biggest week in American birding with ten thousand, fifty thousand of your closest friends, or if you want to go the week after with only two thousand of your closest friends, and you know, that's what you have to decide. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can maybe overlap a little, catch the end of one and the beginning just, of the just next. From what I understand, make your reservations well in advance, though, because uh, that that gets tough, and it's there aren't there aren't places okay. immediately right there. So, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Yeah. I stopped I I stopped at McGee Marsh in September just because I wanted to see. I was driving across the country, and I said, I've always wanted to see McGee Marsh. Let's just see it, even if it's not in migration. I can appreciate how it would be. Good. I mean, there were hardly any birds there but it was pretty cool it's it, well you know and there's three other places that are right near there and as you said point Pele is not all that far away although you do have to remember to take your passport so and, and, and drive, drive around, around the lake so yeah that's a bit yeah but oh, so still, what yeah. so what it's only driving yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah from the guy who uh, will uh drive a long way no, to it, see something. yeah go, go so, ahead yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to talk to you a little bit. You you have been sort of the big year guy, uh, maybe not the biggest year, but the big year guy in Washington for you know, three or four years. You've dropped off this year because of your project, but uh, you you, uh, you obviously are a strategist. Yeah, you know, well, and and again, um, it, it it was never. I, I was going to say it was never intentional, and that's not quite accurate. It was always intentional to bird a lot, and there was one year, the the one year that it was really intentional, uh, I had sort of backed into a a big year, and I think it was 2013, and um, that was logistics, and it happened to be a good year for rarities and so forth, and there are probably a couple birds on the list that are, maybe not, like I, I'm not... I, I, I don't think the Washington Bird Record Committee would approve one of them, but that's that's not important to me. It really isn't. But a couple of years later, I said, you know what I really want to do is I want to get, and this was intentional, I want to get photographs of 95% of the birds I see this year. Okay. Well, oh, wow. so you just start going. And then this comes up and that comes up and you go chase this one and you find that one. And uh, by the way, one of the, I I think I've told you my, I have two rules in a chase. Well, actually three now, but there's two rules in a chase. One is go now. When you hear about it, if you can go do it. And you know, the odds drop off enormously as you wait. Yeah. And the second rule is 
if you don't follow rule number one, you're not allowed to whine about it because you knew rule one. So I learned to live with that. And then the third rule now has become, hey, don't worry about it. Enjoy the experience. If you miss it, you miss it. There's always a consolation prize, be it place, people, or another bird. And that really has proven to be true. But this photography thing, I just started to really get into the photography. And that year I had not, I don't, re, I don't think I'd even bought an SLR yet. I was still using uh, one of the Canon point and shoot zooms. And as it mm-hmm. kept going, I just kept getting photos. Well, long story short, by the end of the year, I, I, and I may have this number wrong, but I think I had seen 361 species in Washington that year, which is a you know pretty pretty good list, pretty good list. That's a yeah. yeah take my it, word it, for it. It's a really a good, really list. good uh, list, you know. And and I think I, as I I probably I think I sent you this information. I'm very very competitive, but really only with myself. No, well, no, really? but honestly, Ed, yeah. really only yeah, with hear, myself. I, I get. I hear. I mean, I help. I've helped other people get big years, and I've gotten at least as much joy out of that as I have out of my own. But this year, that year, I really I, wanted the photographs. Well. Out of the 361, I had photographs of 358 species. So the heck with 95%. I was over 99%. And do you know what the three birds were I didn't get photos of? Well, that damn flammulated owl, boreal owl, and the one that really bugged me was common poor will. I had a common poor will right in my camera. And it had the settings wrong, and it wouldn't, fly, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take, and then the bird flew off. Oh. But see, now it's a story, so yeah. it's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can still see the orange eyes. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so you know, and but again, and I think eBird is partially um, responsible for that. In the old days, I kept just a. Uh, a list of new birds. I didn't even necessarily, I mean, I'd go out and I, and I, I can't remember the name of the book. There was, you know, some book that you checked off birds and, you know, I had them and I would put any life bird on it, but I had no idea what else I saw that day. So I couldn't go back and reconstruct it. And you certainly, certainly didn't know you have 437 starlings yeah. and 67 you know, walk swing and, and frankly, I, I don't care. It doesn't, I'm not a scientist yeah. and it's, I have a love hate relationship yeah. with Cornell and eBird. I, you know, they, it, it's a wonderful yeah. thing, but it's built more for research than it is for birders. And there's a lot of things that could be done mm-hmm. to make it easier, but yeah, it works and it's wonderful. So, okay. I keep track. It is. I keep track. Yeah, it it is funny uh, on eBird. If you go on your profile page and you click you up or down it to the state of Washington, you know it shows how many you have a color. Okay, sure. County, yeah, you know it might be an orange county or a yellow county. What well, up until last year, I had three gray counties, and that was like I just can't have gray now, is, counties. Is a gray county state. one with no birds? <laughs> what? Okay, one with yeah. No birds. What were what so, were the three? So can't. They were okay. southeast. It was a Soton, Columbia, okay. and Benton, I think. And uh, so Ken and uh, Ryan Weiss and uh, Brian Hansen and I took a trip this winter. And we colored colored See, in those counties, so we don't have a gray. We don't I, have a gray I still have one county anymore. that has no birds. Ferry Ooh. County. I have a, a pretty <laughs> poor list in Ferry County. I do have some. Ken's winter trip go 
cuts through a corner of that <laughs> once in a while. So I do have some birds. I can't remember. There, were, there was one of the counties near Asot, and it might have been one that maybe it was Columbia. Or, no, I don't, anyway, I can't remember. I had one bird at one point. It was a ringneck pheasant. And the only reason I had it is because as I was driving through trying to get somewhere else, I happened to remember that I saw it. So I put it down, but that was it. Late, I've, I've been back since mm-hmm. then. And I, you know, there's all sorts of what I call illnesses in this, this game that you and I are in. And uh, are. you have to be mm-hmm. careful. Yeah. You, you really do because it can, uh, it can get yeah. your priorities. It can, it can be, be very consuming. Cons- yeah. It can be all consuming. Um, but you know, there are people yeah. who have their little patch, they have their feeder, they have their County, they have their state. And that, if that helps mm-hmm. them, that's wonderful. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm. I think this is my last year of really caring about my uh, county list. I, I have to say, I, I love birding and I love getting out. But I'm coming to where I really like going to new places and seeing new yeah. things, rather than making sure I make that April trip to this spot because I know I can well, get see, a shipping sparrow or I know Ed, I can get a house. Ed, we 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 do have the ability to evolve. Isn't that nice? We can evolve. <laughs> I, 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 I am trying. Oh, that is, trying. that's right. Hey, are you a fisherman by any chance? Do you fish? I, okay. no, I was a fisherman as a kid, but not, not. Well, I, uh, so I used, if my, the, the reality is if I could say, here's what I'd really, really like to do over birding, I'd rather spend all my time looking at big mammals, but that's too hard to do. You can't just do that out your backyard. I, you know, you can only go to Kenya and South Africa and India and so forth. You know, on a bigger budget and more rarely. All right, so can't do that one. Um, I really love fly fishing, and I'm going to build in some of that in this trip to uh, Montana. But that too is something you can't yeah, just do sure. out of the, you know, your your back door. But there's something about that that I think is really important, and it's now kind of how I see it, and maybe maybe you're getting this way too. You know, it's called fishing. It's not called catching. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if yes, exactly. I saw that. I, I saw, I think you wrote that. Yeah. One well, if you don't like enjoy the fishing, then don't it's, do it. And same thing with birding. I mean, you, yeah. if, if you go out and you chase something and you don't find it, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. There's no question. But if you didn't enjoy the adrenaline, the company, the scenery, and everything else, you shouldn't be doing this, you know? Yeah. I was talking uh, on a recent uh, podcast, I talked to Dorian Anderson, and he had a really good point. And, and I think <laughs> Wait, Alvaro right, well, time out. Wait a minute, time out. That- you mean completely over the top Dorian Anderson? Dorian, he's amazing. Him, he's yes. unbelievable. It, isn't he, he isn't is, he a character? I mean, he has... He has got energy. Coming well, out you of know, and he's form. he's um, he he does. He's very very bright. I, I don't know if you, well, actually, I, I listened to your podcast with oh, him, and yeah. he, uh, you know, he has a yeah. story to tell. I, you know, he 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 has an addictive uh, tendency, right. and he yeah. he acknowledges it, and it's mm-hmm. obviously part of his birding life as well. But he's made it into a positive thing, and that's you know incredible. That's wonderful. He has, yeah, yeah. I, I met during the first time at the at the Lower uh-huh. Rio Grande Bird Festival when he was there, and he I've been fo- I followed his blog, and his blog was on Blogger, and he puts this wonderful blog, but it was on Blogger. He didn't right. even own the yep. website. I mean, and I I kind of grabbed him after his talk. I said, Dorian, 
you got to talk to me about this because you're writing this, you're writing a book online. It's a fabulous story and right. you don't even own it. You got to get your own website. And I helps. I, I, cool. I took him aside. This is, this is, this yeah. is not good. Well, but he, that, story. that wasn't, but that <laughs> wasn't what your... was driving him. You know, that's, that was the thing, but, but I, I know, but he did, he did, he right. did want to write a book right. about yeah. it. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of yeah. the thing too, yeah. is that, yeah. okay. So take what it is you love. What else can you do with it? How else can you share it? Who else can you influence? Right. And and yeah. you know that's part of it. I mean, certainly. I mean, you've been influenced. I've been. In, we, there's all these people out there who've you know impacted our lives, and if we can touch some others, that's yeah. pretty nice. Pretty nice. So for sure. And I was going to say that uh, Dorian put it nicely that uh, it it he's he says I'm I'm an addict, and I know what makes an addiction continue it's the unexpected yeah, isn't that nice certain things i mean if 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 you if you went if you went birding and every time you knew exactly what you're going to see and you saw it yeah. it would be yeah, that's cool yeah. but it wouldn't but it's the uncertain it's the it's the unexpected find or the the lows of not finding what well, you see but something else is good that that swing in emotion well, and that's I, again part of this evolution thing um, I wrote a blog post, and I, I think I can't remember if this is the exact title, but it was essentially sometimes you just have to stop and smell the robins taking off on the smell of the rose. And, and yes. you know, we get so sure. hung up on these incredible rarity birds. And I mean, that's a whole nother thing that might be rare here and common someplace else. But yeah, they're special. But you know, wow, stop and look at a robin. They're awesome. They're they awesome. A starling. Yeah. You know, they, it has a horrible life story in terms of our country, but they're amazing birds. Yeah. And so if it, they are, they are amazing. And, and absolutely. beautiful. I mean, that, that speckled yep. color, the, especially yep. through the seasons and the wearing out the story about the wearing the feathers yep. off. Well, all of that is just, I just, I just reread story. a post that I did. As I said, you know, I have this, <clears throat> this, this new girlfriend and um, she's she wasn't a birder, but she liked being outdoors. And so we sort of said, all right, well, let me at least expose you, show you a little bit. So we went up to Semiamu. And I, I love when I take new birders out, I, I usually like to go see bird, water birds because <laughs> they sit still. They're big. They're big. They sit and still. And the yeah. other thing is they're colorful, like colorful. But, yeah. but you the didn't, you know, there's birds that you didn't even know existed, although you went right by them. And, and that was one of the things you were talking about yeah. the sheen, you know, of the starling. Well, we, we saw that, but it was, you know, knowing what a duck is. Well, you know, it's a duck. Well, wait mm -hmm. a minute, slow down here. Actually, that wasn't a duck. That was a coot. Well, that was a pigeon guillemot. Mm -hmm. Well, they kind of look like ducks. So mm -hmm. there's all these things. There, but the if you can just yeah. light that spark and you start paying attention, and I think mm -hmm. if you develop the ability to pay attention to something, you have the ability to pay attention to a lot of things. And you get to see the world right. yourself, others differently and better. <clears throat> and we make mistakes, learn from them. You know, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. For sure, it is. It is. It's good. Uh, so uh, I was I was going to talk about your photography, but I think we've kind of covered that a little bit, uh, a little bit. So uh, it give me a couple of uh, uh, things people should uh, know about you, Blair, in terms of following you online. What well, number one is I post too damn much, probably, and I I I, I don't know if I should apologize for that. 
Um, yeah, I, I think right now the thing that I, I get the most enjoyment out of is just recounting the privileged exposures that I've had. You know, wonderful places, wonderful people, wonderful birds. So I do that, you know, on my blog post, uh, which you know is found as you said at blairbirding.com. I try and put some of it on Facebook. Um, and I try and, you know, share things on tweeters, our local listserv, uh, either to get information or to share information about things I've just seen and so on. Um, interesting example, I, I just, I posted something on tweeters yesterday. I was out and it was, I was chasing a bird. I went to see that American Red Start that has been seen up at, right. uh, in, in Snohomish County on Oso Loop Road. It's the third year that bird's been there. And, and that's a whole other thing. I mean, just think of right. some of these incredible stories of the birds. And, and actually, I'll, I'll, there's one more story I, I do need to tell you, but I'll get to that in a second. But so I'm out there, okay. and this is one of those <laughs> chases that we all love. As I parked the car, the Red Start was singing right over me. Okay, it took three right. seconds, maybe two. There it was, and it was actually, it was a beautiful, gorgeous day, and it was easy to get pretty nice photographs of it. But I was, I, I had lots of time. I was out just to bird and started moving around, and I see this one bird that flits into the uh, brush across, the, right across the street from where I was. And I was able to get a few photos of it, and I didn't think much of it. It was a little different, <clears throat> uh, and I should pay more attention to these things. But um, I struck me as, well, it's probably a young, I don't know, common yellow throat. So then I went on, I birded the rest of the day. I get home, and I look at the photos, and I say, boy, I'm not so sure. There's some field marks here that don't quite match this. I wonder if it's this, or I wonder if it's that. Right. So I posted on uh, tweeters, and yeah, and you know, included some post, photos, yeah. and I posted on Facebook. And I got a whole bunch of responses, including from, and I won't name any names, some really damn good birders here and also out in the Facebook world. And it was fascinating. Right. Just fascinating. No, well, there were a two, couple birds that were thrown out that were like, seriously? You know, no, 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 no. Couldn't be that. But there were a fairly even split between three birds, uh, American Red Start, Common Yellowthroat, and Nashville Warbler. And, you know, if you took any one of the responses and said, well, this guy knows or this gal knows his or her stuff, you'd say, oh, well, that's yeah. it. But these are several people who are really, really good and they can't agree. So isn't that? Yeah, it was it was a tough. I, I saw it. And I said, I well, think that's a red star. But, I know. But, but I isn't know. But see here. We, and you look Ed, you're a damn good birder, too. Um, yeah. But. Hey, you know, sometimes, it, and it keeps you going. It you keeps you going. Go. Sometimes you got to yeah, let them go. Yeah, it keeps you going. It's, 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 it's pretty <laughs> fun. So here's the other, the one other story that I do want to tell you. Um, this Good. is, I think, back in 2012 or 13. I can't remember. I don't know, 14, whatever the year is. I'm, I, I am getting older, so the memory thing happens, you know. Um, I was co-leading a, a field trip for Seattle Audubon, and we're driving on the open beach uh, north of Ocean Shores. And I had, I think, three other people in my car, and uh, Tim Boyer was the other leader, and who's a phenomenal photographer, a professional, and he's leading the other the other car. And we're driving down the open beach, and it was a day that 
there were a lot of birds on the beach and particularly a lot of semi-palmated plovers. And they're pretty birds. You know, they really are. Mm -hmm. And it's bright sunshine. But as we're driving down, um, am I just almost subconscious? I saw a bird and it processed immediately as, wait, that's not a semi-palmated plover. That's a Mongolian plover. I I literally hit the brakes, didn't even turn off the, the, I did not turn off the ignition, threw open the door, grabbed my camera, went out and said, follow me. That's what I did. And it was, it was a Mongolian now called a lesser sand plover. And it was gorgeous. It was an almost full breeding plumage. And it was fortunate. It was the week right before the wasp convention, which was being held at at, uh, Ocean Shore. So a whole lot of people got to see it. All right. Well, so that's very memorable thing. It was it was wonderful. It's one of the one of the few birds that you yeah. know I found instead of chasing someone else. Yeah. Those are, Those better. are always better, but, aren't they? But always, here's always here's how better. my my brain has now worked in this writing thing. I would like to do a book, maybe even a movie, and go into. So here's this bird. How did this bird get there? It's as a, it was associating with a whole bunch of semi-palmated plovers. What's its story? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be fascinating? I don't know if you've yeah. seen the the the. I think it's good. a Disney film or Pixar or something that it was about. You know, finding Nemo or yeah, Nemo? and so it tells stories. So yeah. here here's the way I can conceptualize this. All right. So first of all, I like Mongolian plovers better than some, than than lesser sand plover. How boring is that? So so here's this yeah, bird Mongo, and it's hanging out with his girlfriend semi and they're up in one of the islands in you know far western alaska and a big storm comes and he gets separated from his other mongolian plover buddies and it's time to migrate so he joins this group of semi-palmated plovers and they go south well there's a hundred different ways you can set that up but it would just be this sure. fascinating story of differences, maybe of self-discovery. Like, you know, he's the outcast, but then look, I'm mm-hmm. beautiful too. So birds are an analogy. I have an analogy from birds for everything I see and do in life. I can find one. And mm-hmm. that's that. Now that's yeah. a book I'd really like to write. And when I get done with this thing, that may be. Yeah. That sounds like a. Sounds well, like I, a think so. book. I, I think so. I think so. But you know, even or or juvenile, it, it, or juvenile but, you know, even with those thing. books, you want to have some kind of lesson in it, and that's. Oh yeah. Especially oh, espe- exactly. Especially so with those books. Yeah. That's why I mean that's that's why I love birding, Ed. That's it. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Good. Good. Sounds <laughs> right. great, Flair. Sounds great. Well, I'm going to catch up with you offline about some names. I, I'm always okay. on the on the prowl for people who'd be really good sure. on, the, on the podcast. So I'm going to uh, get some uh, some contacts from you for that. That sounds good. Thanks so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, remember to uh, check out BlairBirding.com to check out Blair's uh, blog posts. They're really very well written and quite uh, quite worthy of following. I think you can even subscribe. I think I subscribe. I think I get emails. I, you know, I just write them. Honestly, it's um, uh, it's to me they're they're just yeah. fun. They're just <laughs> fun. And uh, if some other, I know some people follow it and read it, and they get comments. So I guess others do read it too. But you know, even if no one did, it's okay. There's for me. So I appreciate your mentioning yep. it. Thank you uh, for for your. 
for years I've kept a, a blog and it's really just a diary. <laughs> Nobody looks at it but me. And that's a, it's a cool way. It, but I can find things you, so much easier. Let me ask you a question. Do you still recognize so yourself like from then and now? Good. Good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. I think so. Hey, uh, thanks a lot. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. All right. Take yeah, care. I appreciate Bye. it. Thanks for coming up. Blair. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up the Bird Banner Podcast episode number 18 with Blair Burnson. Don't forget to leave a review. And until next time, good birding, good day.